We're chatting to Clinton Seller uh, in studio, the 2013 National Superbike Champion. Before we get on to that question, I wanted to find out about uh, the level of uh, racing here in South Africa. Just uh, the question, our quiz question once again. I wanted to know which former South African Sevens rugby coach has been employed by the Kenyan Rugby Union to coach their Sevens side. Lots of guesses coming through. Congratulations from SV, uh, John Bean and Kales Rafid also getting it right. Uh, Lorraine Durbin, congratulations. Jackie in Maritzburg also. And Joseph Tato and Paula Kwane, thanks for being in touch. Joseph, you also got it spot on. You can keep those SMSs coming, okay? 34701. Which former South African Sevens coach is now going to be coaching the Kenyan Sevens side? Also got an SMS in from Philip that says, All we can say is Orlando Pirates forever up the bucks. One all. The final score in that match last night. The first leg of the CAF Champions League final. Clinton, thanks for sticking around. Uh, I was asking you about the level of competition in South Africa. You've raced overseas, you've raced in the States, possibility of you going and racing the World Superbike Series. How close are, are we as a, as a nation, our sort of circuit, our superbike uh, racing circuit, compared to the international stage? Funnily enough, uh, we're actually not, not too bad. I mean, we've, we've got a bunch of guys that have been over... For the last sort of five years, guys have been going backwards and forwards uh, over there. We've had guys on the podium in all in the 600cc uh, Supersport Championship in the World Series, which is a super thing for us. We've got guys like uh, Brad Binder in the Moto, I think it is Moto3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's racing in Moto3, and he's, he runs up near the front. So I think in terms of if we can get the machinery, we, we can definitely run at the front. The speed's there. Our guys locally, it seems that... Road racing is a lot closer to the international level than, than kind of any other motorsports in South Africa. Car racing, actually, now that I say that, there's two guys over there doing some awesome things. Calvin Fundland and Jordan Pepper are doing some awesome things in car racing. So road circuit racing seems like we, we actually spot on in terms of the, the world championship stuff. That's great to hear. And then just finally, you were talking about getting on that bike and it feels like it's trying to rip your arms off. There's just so much like, acceleration and speed. And fitness-wise, I mean, you look like a, a pretty fit guy. You've got to stay in shape in, in order to, to handle these machines? Yeah, definitely. You, you do need to work out a bit. Uh, a big thing is to keep your weight down. It's all about sort of getting the motorcycle to accelerate and braking with less weight. So a big thing for all of us is to try and weigh as little as possible, you know, with the frame that you got as mm. a, your body frame and that. So it's to try to keep your weight down. To be honest, I don't train as hard as I should. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely in, for the World Championship next year, it's almost five hours a day. You're gonna, you kind of wow. have to be either gymming or riding a bicycle or something like that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a it's not that easy. I'm sure. Clinton Seller, thank you so much for coming through today. I want to wish you all the best. Let's hope this deal comes through for you early this week and, and we'll see you racing on that international stage next year. It'll be, it'll be awesome. Appreciate it, yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Brilliant. SAFM Sports Special, uh, Rising Star. Listen out for that name. You could be hearing a lot more of it. Clinton Seller uh, chatting to us here on SAFM Sports Special. Hi, I'm Dr. Ali Bakker, and you're now listening to SAFM Sports Special. Let's agree yeah. to disagree and vice versa and just get the job done, right? So we can all yeah. be singing Kumbaya month and... Manta, don't argue with the customer. Don't argue. Even if he's wrong, it's like when you're in a time in Manta and then a guy with his old star steps on your toe. You don't actually slap him. No, no. You say, you know what? My foot went under your foot by mistake. And then you know they won't be any fight. <laughs> Join me, Manda Shongwe, every weekday, 4 to 6 a.m. on SFM, as I bring you Heads Up. Have you ever apologized for your lack of knowledge regarding financial matters and considered what are the implications it may have on your future and that of your family? 
Each week I explore a different financial principle to ensure that you will have a secure future and peace of mind right into retirement and hopefully give you a better understanding of the process required before purchasing a financial product or making an investment, thus ensuring that you are better informed before making decisions about your current situation and financial future. I'm Brian Hirsch. Join me every Tuesday morning at 10. Hi, this is Gary Player. I hope you're listening to SAFM Sports. SAFM Sports Special. It's quarter to five o'clock, and Musa got some more news for you coming up on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, 104 to 107 FM. Quick football update for you. Platinum Stars currently leading uh, Super Sport United by two goals to nil. It is half-time in England as well. Everton and Tottenham, it is goalless in that clash. And we'll head back to Botchabello. Mawali, some more action from the Absa Premiership here on SAFM Sports Special shortly. Right now, time to chat rugby, and it's uh, an absolute pleasure to welcome onto the show South African Rugby Union President Regan Hoskins. Regan, welcome onto the show. Thanks for chatting to us this afternoon. Good afternoon, Brad, and uh, hello to all uh, that are listening. Regan, I wanted to touch base with you. We, we sort of in the off-season now, Absa Curry Cup wrapped up last weekend, but uh, looking ahead to sort of what's going to take place in, in Super Rugby and uh, Curry Cup next year, and, and looking even further ahead as well. The last couple of years have been really tough for, for South African rugby in particular with uh, the playoff relegation situation between the Southern Kings and the Lions. The Lions not playing, but uh, them now going on to, to win that promotion relegation clash, so back in Super Rugby. It's not an ideal position to be in for, for South African friends. Um, absolutely. It's, it's been tough for us uh, having to see a franchise drop out of Super Rugby. The Lions and uh, the, the Kings have come in because of our, of our imperatives that we have as a, as, a, as a rugby system in a country like South Africa. And perhaps uh, our Australasian friends, with all due respect, didn't understand the or the, the seriousness of, of our situation until they actually saw that the Lions had, had actually uh, dropped out of it. Um, you know, they might have thought that uh, we were just calling their bluff. So it, it has been very traumatic for the Lions um, and for us because, uh, you know, relationships are, are so important in sport. And, you know, I, I, I believe that when I look at the situation that um, the Sands are... Um, um, system of, of rugby that's been in, in place from 1995, and South Africa was was uh, one of the uh, you know the founding members of that uh, through the former uh, through the late Dr. Louis Late. Um, I think that it, it, it really has um, cost us in many respects, and and I've come out saying that last week um, when the Weber Ellis Trophy was here in Johannesburg, and I and I said publicly that I think we really look at, need to look at this because. Our, our, our aspirations as a, as a country are not being met within the sands are set up. And I think that going forward, Australia and New Zealand really need to look at the fact that if we, if we don't have our aspirations met, which, which is basically to have six rugby franchises, we have, we have a, a huge number of players in South Africa, and we have more and more players coming from communities that never played the game before. And when you look at uh, Australia and New Zealand's numbers, they are absolutely minuscule um, compared to what we have. And I think that going forward, we need to have six teams um, guaranteed in a, in a competition that's, that's going to be absolutely um, competitive. And, and right now, the way I, I feel is that, um, you know, we, we need to have six teams. And if Australia and New Zealand want to have five, then so be it. But we need to play, um, you know, a, a, a good competition and, and just have an extra team and so, so be it. And that, that's just the way I feel. 
Narigid, we, we're sitting in, in a fortunate position, SA Rugby. If, if you look at that broadcast deal with, with the Super Rugby, I mean, we, as, as far as South Africa goes, if you look at attendances at Stadia, we, we far outstrip attendances compared to the other nations involved in, in Sanzar. And, and when it comes to the television broadcast deals, there's a lot more money on the table from a South African. So, so we have a bit of power in that situation. So what are the chances of it actually happening where we do get six teams? I think we need to really and truly put our foot down. Um, you know, I know, um, having been uh, privileged to be in this job for some years now, that uh, rugby sport is about relationships, and it's always good to have good relationships with those that you're involved in. I mean, in this, in this instance, I'm talking about Australian and New Zealand rugby administrators. Um, the fact of the matter is that you can only go to a certain point with, uh, with wanting to promote good relations. You can't do it at the expense of, uh, of your own internal stakeholders. And I think the time has come now where Australia and New Zealand need to understand that from a South African point of view, uh, when we went into Sanzai in 1995, it was a totally different set of circumstances. Uh, South Africa had been uh, in, in international isolation for, for quite a while. We, we all know that it lasted for a couple of years. Uh, we, we were desperate to get back into international rugby. And I think that at that time we were, we were pretty... Uh, you know, so so keen to get in that it, that it actually didn't didn't really matter if I can call it that uh, at, at at what at what ex- ex- expense to us. And I think that you know down the line we can see the the um, the costs to us, uh, all sorts of costs. I can see um, it's cost us dearly. And you've pointed out, Brad, that um, you know if you look at it for what it is, we need to get much more out of what we're getting uh, at present from the Sanzo setup. We we do provide, um, you know, the, the, the finances. Um, we provide the spectator viewership, all, all, all those things. We have the playing numbers and so on. And uh, don't forget that up, up until now, you know, we, we still travel across the Indian Ocean to play Australia and New Zealand rugby teams. So from a player welfare point of view, our players uh, feel the brunt of it more than, more than the Australasian players uh, do. So... I think the time has come now where we need to say enough is enough. We, 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 we demand this. Um, and, and Australia and New Zealand need to respect that, and they need to understand that. Um, and, you know, I'm, uh, we have our two delegates, Mark Alexander and Yuri Ru, who are attending a Sanzo workshop in a couple of weeks' time in, uh, in Ireland, which coincides with our end-of-year tour. And uh, quite honestly, um, and I'm going to be saying this to them, um, together with our six franchises, which I intend uh, having a meeting with next week, to give them a clear mandate that this is what South African rugby wants, and there's absolutely no way that we're moving uh, on this anymore. I think the time has come now where South Africa has to say we need to also be looked after in terms of the Sansa, um setup. Well, let, let's hope it works out. I mean, you mentioned it's about relationships, but it's also about the people involved and, and those two franchises in particular, the, the, the Lions and the Kings. It's, it's been two years of, of serious upheaval for, for everyone involved, not just the administrators. There's, there's players' careers that are at stake, and, and let's hope that, that things do work out and we do get that sixth team because I think a lot of people were thinking that uh, the Kings coming in to Super Rugby were, were, were going to be the whipping boys, and, and they proved that uh, they, they weren't a walkover. They, they played with passion, and it would be great to see them and the Lions. I'm a Lions fan, so uh, I would love to see them both in Super Rugby. Let's just shift our focus quickly to, to the Absa Curry Cup as well. Six teams in that Premier Division. Uh, I mean, Grick was now with this playoff relegation uh, against the Leopards. They're also not in a great position. What are the chances of upping that to eight? 
That I, I personally have from from day one, even before the Greek was Tumors um, playoff, even long before that, I said that um, it, it 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 is a progressive step for us to look at um, changing um, the uh, the situation going forward uh, to a top eight, bottom bottom six. It it makes sense because we we preparing the Kings for 2016 when they will play Super Rugby. And uh, with all the money and time spent on the on the on that region, at the moment uh, it would make sense to have the Eastern Province as the anchor union, and that that's the union that made up uh, that 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 presented um, 95-96% of the players for the franchise anyway. That they play uh, top eight rugby. So um, you know what we've done is we we didn't get the required majority in the previous South African meeting. Um, unfortunately, we, uh, you know, we, we needed to have a 75% majority, which, which is uh, tantamount to, to having 22 votes. Um, and it's uh, just quickly, let me just tell you how it works. I mean, we have 14 unions, and they all vote times two delegates. That, that makes 28, plus my vote as the president uh, makes 29. And we need a 22 out of 29 vote. Uh, at least to have to pass a 75% majority. So we, we need to have 11 unions um, voting in favor of that, plus myself will make 23. And I think that when we meet again um, and we, we have a general council meeting the first week in December in Cape Town, that uh, at, I'm really hoping that uh, people have, and we've been doing a lot of work in, in, in the interim now, talking to those unions that were against it and alleviating their fears and making them understand that this is, for the best of South African rugby that we do this, I think that um, we'll go forward believing that we'll get the 22, 22-23 uh, uh, um, vote out of 29. That, and you know that that will then hopefully um, see the Kings going going up, and uh, and and Greek was and uh, and the Pumas obviously because Pumas are now qualified anyway. So that that that's what.